Jordan finally gets his bananas redemption, plus my sneaky dark horses, Emily, and yes, step right on into the spotlight. Tori is doing everything she can to regain control of the house. USA gets the band back together for the briefest of moments. The MVPs must go it alone. Everyone's starting to get sick. Kaz and Theo are two mature adults, and Kelly Ann puts on a masterclass in political planning that works out to perfection. It's the Challenge World Championships Episode 7 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe. Then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this Wednesday, a touch later than anticipated. We've had some internet connectivity issues over here at the Challenge Historian HQ. They seem to be working, so hopefully you are now listening to this Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon to evening, as soon as we're able to get it up, if those problems subside. But we are here to talk World Championships, episode number seven. We are in the back half of the season now at this point, if I am correct. And there's 12 episodes, which I'm almost never correct about those things. But I've seen a lot of other people who are more correct and actually know that info say 12 episodes. So I think we're in the back half of the season right now. And there's a lot that goes down in this episode. And in particular, as much as there is in this this episode, there's kind of a lot of foreshadowing about the next episode. We're going to talk about it all. That's what we're here to recap today. Episode seven, quick programming reminders, Wednesdays, all of your Challenge World Championship recaps will continue to come out on Wednesdays. Time TBD for the next two weeks. I will be traveling abroad. Time zone-wise, I am not 100% confident when I will be have access to watch the episode and then get the episode posted. So there's a chance these might be starting to come Thursday morning just for two weeks while I'm overseas. But uh, we'll see, and we'll let you know when those come out. And that's why, as long as you got that follow, subscribe, hit that notification button, you'll know exactly when it's it is dropped, so you'll be able to dive in right after you've watched the episode. Other thing, Survivor Saturdays with my good friend Paige at Most Likely 2. We missed last week scheduling conflicts, mostly on my part. Big mistake. But we are going to be back this week, this Saturday, on the Most Likely 2 podcast feed. And we will cover the last two episodes, which ultimately kind of work together because uh, they're the merge episodes, the transitional into the merge. This week will be the merge tonight. So we'll talk about both those this Saturdays. Be back at it on the Most Likely 2 podcast feed. That's all coming up for now. So let's get into World Championships, Episode 7, Storylines First, Awards Second, Power Rankings and Predictions Last. And boy, man, I don't even want to make predictions this time around. I am so bad at them, but we're still going to do them nonetheless. So here we go. We will go through this episode more or less chronologically. We're going to start by talking about a, the little bit of house stuff we get and the daily challenge combined. And by the little bit of house stuff, I mean everything outside of the actual like political voting machinations, which we will come to in our second storyline. But for the first one, just... I just I say it so often. I know a lot of other fans say it so often. A lot of other folks who write or talk about the show say it so often. And occasionally we get little glimpses like, oh, they're listening to us. And on this season, we felt like, oh, my gosh, they're listening to us. It's not all just about the actual sporting part of it. We're getting some stuff at the house. We're getting a little more drama. And then this episode, I'm like, 
what are you doing? There's so much more we could be seeing at the house. And so I just want to start by asking, can, can we see more of the house? We get the shortest ever Kaz Theo talk. Uh, there had to be something more entertaining from Amber as Dr. Phil, the conversation between Kaz and Theo. It's like 20 seconds long. We basically just get them both saying like, yeah, we're going to be friends and we're mature adults. And then it's over. And I'm like, that conversation had to be an elongated conversation with the three of them sitting in a room, probably some laughs involved, what have you. There has to be something more entertaining. Those are three charismatic, entertaining people. There had to be something more you could have shown us from that conversation. Then we have bananas. We get the one funny moment early in the episode, the hiding in the closet. We'll talk about that in best moments later. But he mentions that he hates Sarah and Danny. But we have seen no real visual proof of this other than that brief argument last week that we said, like, we feel like we missed most of the argument between he and Sarah. I'm sure, knowing Bananas, if he hates someone, there's probably some visual proof of it. There's probably something you could show to depict that versus just him in a confessional being like, yeah, at this point, I hate those two. And also, Bananas is maybe into his partner, and his partner may just be nice and playing along or maybe there is something there but I don't know there's a, there's like the littlest spark of there's chemistry certainly between them and I can't tell how much of it is just Justine being like I'm partnered with this guy I gotta I gotta go along with his shenanigans and his jokes and thing and confessional versus like an actual connection there but I'm like I feel like there could be at least some commentary on it, some questions from production about it in those separate interviews. I don't know. I could feel like there could be things there. Then we've got Yes, who we finally see a little bit of Yes this episode because he wins. But is he just hiding by himself meditating all day? I highly doubt it. He is a very social talkative, friendly person, and he's probably having the greatest life talks, chats with everyone there, and we haven't seen a peep of him, like, at all. We've seen only strictly confessionals about the game itself, and, you know, this is the first episode we really get to see a lot of him, and it's just because he has some confessionals about winning or about who they have to vote for, and I'm just like, there's got to be, like, that guy's having good, like, real, raw, human conversations in the house. I know he is. He always is. That's the kind of guy he is. Can I see any of that? So, uh, this was our longer than it needs to be but i want to see more of the house and more of what's going on between these people and maybe we will next episode but it's probably going to be some bummer stuff more on that at the end of storylines let's move to the daily challenge it's a great daily setup i like it i really enjoyed the the game itself the setup of it visual of it all of that i just think everyone should participate it caught me a little off guard that it was just the mvps but then i took a step back for a moment and i was like you know what if this is their their form of a twist, if they're so dedicated to like we have to have format changes, but we don't want to, we actually want to have a season finally where it's just pairs the whole way through, and this is their kind of like compromise of like if we're gonna have a little twist, the twist will be hey you guys half your team basically doesn't participate in this one, then I'm all for it. Then I'm all for it. If that's you know I get the compromise you have to make to kind of placate whatever dedication you have to twists with what the fans want of a little more simplistic game fantastic and at least they picked you know the mvps versus the legends but it caught me a little off guard for sure and in the end though it did it made me feel a little bit better that the legends could help with the math as we see yes you know emily smartly just yell them out to yes calculator yes going right back with her at the answer they end up winning because of that we see a few others helping the person with the math so they get to play a small small role but it definitely caught me off guard overall though i thought a pretty cool daily challenge incredible jobs with the pairs 
The only one that really mattered was putting Danny and Ben down there together. There was no fireworks. There was no arguing. They worked together. They both eventually succeed. But it's still that moment just of like, oh, my God, these two are have to go down this tunnel together right now. They don't like each other ever at all really anymore. And so that was great. And the other pairs made sense of like, are these people going to work together? Good pairs to kind of benefit each other, that whole thing. The final thing, two things to say. One, the scenery is really nice. Um, they could bring more of this back. It doesn't always have to be in a desert. We don't always have to be in such a remote place. We don't have to take the challenge into a city ever again or anything like that. But on the outskirts of it, being nearer civilization is a little nice. Instead of having to roll in all of your big challenge signs and all your other stuff to fill the background and explosions, it could just be this cool-ass old castle that's around. And, like, you do the challenge around it. We've seen tons of that throughout the history of the show, and they've gotten away from that. A lot of that maybe had to do with COVID restrictions in most the most recent seasons of like, we got to go to a remote ass place where we're never around any people, production members, staff, anyone, whatever. Um, so I get it. But it was really cool. There was like, yeah, this is just like cool visually that they're at this like castle thing. They're going down in the tunnels. It looks cool. And I would be excited for them to have a little bit more scenery, a little bit closer to civilization as they do some of these challenges. Final thing, though, of all the performances to discuss, there's one I got to shout out. He's not getting a lot of screen time. I don't think the because of that, the audience is connecting with him maybe the way I originally did on Challenge Australia and still do. My, my equal favorite, I've got Danny on one side, but I've got Troy on the other. And Troy, clutch as hell on this daily challenge. And I they kind of just wash over the fact of how impressive and clutch what he did was. But... Two teams end up, you know, not being able to get it done. One of those teams is Benha and Jody, who get the number of flags correct because Benha and I believe Sarah, who he is with, you know, get the work together, count the flags correctly, and have the correct flag numbers. And then Benha just messes up the math at some point and can't figure out his mistake in time. Buzzer goes. But it was way different in Troy's group when he and Kaz go down there. In are a mess. They are not working together. They're kind of looking at the same thing. They seem to be double counting flags the first time through the tunnel. They come up. Everything's a mess. Everything's wrong. They realize it. And so then they have to go back in the tunnel. They're the only team to do that. And when they go back in the tunnel, Troy basically does it all on his own. He counts the flags on his own. He counts them correctly on his own. He comes back out. He does all the math correctly. And he does all of this one, you know, kind of by himself. Like Kaz, he's kind of left Kaz the second time down in there. Like we're up against the wire here. We just, I, I got to finish this. There's no working together anymore. But he does it in like half the time then because they're going back in for a second time. So he does it on his own way faster on that second run and saves he and Amber from being in a tie with Kaz and Jordan for last place. And who knows what they would have done then? Cause the tiebreaker was, did you actually get the flags correct? Which is why Ben Ha and Jody were, you know, able to avoid it. And Kaz and Jordan end up down there. So just got to give a shout out to Troy. Cause I love him so much and we're not getting a lot of them. And I found this to be incredibly impressive and show a lot on the math side, which with his partner and Amber, knowing historically that has been one of her only weaknesses is don't give me a math problem by myself. I might give up on it pretty quickly. So good to see her partner maybe be able to carry the load in that front if they remain partners. Again, foreshadowing for it. The final conversation we'll have. But until then, we've got to do storyline number two, which was the voting process.
So we get back to the house, and we have this awesome political stuff that goes down, and ultimately a vote that goes down, sends some shockwaves, and we end up with this big-time matchup in the elimination. But how we got there, it's one of those times that sometimes just serendipity strikes. I don't know if I just used that word correctly. I probably didn't, but as luck would have it, the perfect winner and the perfect loser happen at the same time to create the opportunity that Kellyanne, amongst others, then pounces on. And this was the only way. This was the only winner-loser combination where this string of events could have taken place. Why? I will explain why. Because Emily and Yes are the ones the most on the outs with the kind of the group that I call the floaters, kind of what's left of Australia's bigger alliance is now just kind of the floater alliance to me. And Emily is also tied to Sarah in the USA and Legends crew. And so with them winning, they're the only ones that like wasn't a for sure vote on either side, but is kind of a for sure vote as far as who they would pick or is a combination of people you could put in front of them of who they are going to save. Jordan and Kaz are one of the five teams in the Legends kind of side of things. We talked last week about if this crew just put aside differences and came together, they would run this house. They kind of do in this moment but they do so in a situation where one of them has lost and got last, therefore removing, taking their votes from 10 down to eight. That needed to happen. One of those five teams had to be the direct loser to set up the possible number scenario that we get. If all five of those, you know, can the USA Legends team get to vote, then this tie is never going to happen. If Emily is in there, she can't be trusted not to go with her number one in Sarah and stick on the side of, you know, the floaters, Australia, whatever is left of that group. And so this is not possible. This is the only possible winner loser outcome that could have led to the numbers being able to break down where Kellyanne could pounce. And Kellyanne is the best. She's the MVP of the season so far for sure. Um, we'll see if she's the MVP of this episode when we hand out the awards in just a minute, but spoiler, she's definitely in the running, but she's got to be the MVP of the season so far. And she puts on a hell of a performance again here in this episode, taking control of the game for the first time versus kind of being on the bottom things, constant target, constant having to prove herself. We see last week her and Tristan win, but then don't get to use that power in any single way because of a medical elimination. This time around, she's just like, we don't need to win to grab the power. I can politically grab the power. She sees the numbers perfectly she knows how everyone feels about being told what to do she acts cool calm and collected not historically something that she always does so a lot of growth and maturity i've heard of like i'm a super vet at this point i've played this for years i've been around for years i've seen it all i know how to handle this i can actually do this and handles the confrontation which i will call it from tori who just comes in and says hey you know at this point, you guys really have to pick a side, and you should obviously pick our side because this is what we want to do, and that's what you're going to do, and great. All right, we're good, and then leaves, and immediately Kellyanne turns to Casey, not even caring that Casey is you know, not going to be a part of the thing she's proposing. Casey is not uh, is Tori's confidant in this game and just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do what she just said. That was a little don't think I'm going to do that. And she doesn't do that. She sees the numbers perfectly. She collects her side and says, Hey, Darrell Kiki, you're kind of the swing one. I have to convince here. They're going to put you in straight up. That's what they want to do. Or if you come with us, we can stalemate this at worst, or one of them will be convinced to join us to avoid the stalemate, which ultimately eventually happens, but we can stalemate this. And yeah, you could still maybe get picked. 
Emily and Kiki maybe don't have the best relationship, but I doubt in a stalemate situation that they are going to pick you. I doubt that's the way that that shot's going to happen. You should come with us. We should stalemate it. They get eight votes to the other side's potential eight votes, and boom, done masterclass leading to an unbelievable and really fun uh, actual voting process. Again, I don't know the rules. I don't know who has to speak first. If it's just whoever wants to speak first, Danny sticks up this time and is like, hey, I'll go with, you know, I'll be the guy. I've been the one that's kind of trying to disrupt what my partner's alliance has going. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to, you know, say the band is supposedly back together. I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw it in there. A couple more chime in and then boom, four in a row. We get the votes going the other way, leading perfectly to Ben and Casey, who, again, this is where I don't know. Are they being told what order to vote in? Are they not? I would love to know exactly because... If I'm in the USA Alliance and my number one question mark is Ben and Casey and Ben specifically, guess who I'm just going to say votes first. I'm going to be like, all right, Danny, you led that off. Great. You're like, hey, you know what? I've been a little disruptive. I'm going to go with the team on this one. And then they'd be like, Ben, what about you? You want to show like have him vote second and just get it out of the way. But no, he's saved for last. And he rightfully even if no one's ever going to trust him again, no one's ever going to align with him again. Everyone is out to get him at this point and dislikes him. But he is correct, I think, in his assumption that, like, if we're the last vote and our vote ultimately will create the stalemate, they clearly want that. Uh, I'm pretty confident that we will be picked again as the stalemate vote. And Jordan and Kaz are a very good team. And that is not a team like we kind of line up equally with them. We don't want to face them in elimination. So... Maybe we don't. Maybe we ditch our team and just save our asses, basically. And so he reads that he is saving his ass correctly, but um, it still kind of sucks. It still is like almost like your long-term in the game might have been better off allowing yourself to get fucked and taking your chances in the elimination, knowing you could go home immediately. But if you do come back, you've just solidified that boom you know, the house, you've got four strong, you've got eight or four out of the nine teams left. Yes, you would have had to, you know, take out one of the teams in your group, but you would have stayed really strong and re-solidified that four and things would have been real solid. So long-term odds of winning, I think would have went up, but short-term odds of just not being eliminated this episode went from, you know, 50-50 to zero. So, you know, good call on him. Amazing job by Kellyanne, amazing job by Darrell, amazing job by Jody, the OGs, vets really, you know, seeing the game, biding their time, and then coming together at the right moment to take out eventually one of the biggest names in the game in either Bananas or Jordan and their partners, which respectfully, I know this episode, they, you know, I always feel bad when they're like, it's Bananas versus Jordan, it's Bananas versus Jordan. I'm like, well, these are partners. There's two people there. Justine's pretty awesome. Kaz is pretty awesome. They matter in this game. But you also kind of get between the stature, both of those guys hold in the game, their records, the fact, you know, facing each other for the second time in elimination, in like eight weeks in real time viewing time uh, that it stands out the way that it does. So pretty awesome political strategy, everything going down. Now let's move to the elimination itself. We then get to the arena and we end up with bananas and Justine versus Kaz and Jordan Emily sticks with her newfound bestie in Sarah and saves them, putting Bananas and Justine in as expected and as was ultimately the plan behind Kellyanne and her newfound team. And it it struck me 
a couple interesting things struck me about this. The first one that I was like, hey, Emily and Sarah, they got this bond and they've solidified it. That's awesome. But also they just met. They just found out about each other for the first time and met each other on day one in this house. And while I know they haven't been on a season ever together, I don't believe, but the fact that yes and bananas have like zero relationship and that most of these younger generation, the Jordans and the Tories and all the different people. Yes. Again, they haven't done all stars with yes, but they seem to have like some bit of relationship with uh, like a John a or a Wes who comes in who they haven't necessarily. Some of them have, some of them haven't done seasons with in the past. And so, it stands out that like they've never tried to build that relationship and that yes is like the most OG member of this cast or any of the cast going at this point from way back season three debut. Um, yes had that they just have made no effort to like build that relationship in any way. And that he's just a total free agent in this house um, is uh, maybe something they would do differently if they were to come back around and do a setup like this again. The other thing that took me by great surprise was I was surprised at my reaction to bananas versus Jordan. Um, you would have thought that I would be super duper hype for this. And especially considering the fact that they do both have badass partners and it's a great even matchup. And like, Whoa, this is amazing. I can't believe it. You know, there's a lot of history with these two. They're both, you know, massive figures in this game. And I found myself not being all that like amped up the way I feel like, I would have been a couple seasons ago, a couple years ago, whatever. And I think it maybe just finally hit the saturation point with them that it's just not as exciting as it used to be. Um, it's definitely hurt by the fact that we just watched them play balls in like in real time viewing time eight weeks ago or whatever that was in the final of ride or dies. And that one I did get super duper hyped for momentarily until it then became on uh, the other side. Jordan's partner has like a broken leg or ACL or whatever. And so this ultimately doesn't really matter. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just saturation of having those back-to-back, -back, whatever it was. But I was still – it still was great. It still was entertaining. And obviously, the elimination itself comes down right to the wire and was very entertaining and interesting. But uh, it just was notable that I was like, you know – I might just be ready for these these folks to like be in the all-stars world or to be off for a couple seasons to have more of a Durrell feeling where it's like they're in all-stars every once in a while and now they're popping back in and like we haven't seen them in this element in that in a long time. So it's fun and it's interesting. Like what would the old head do versus the the old head that's just always there in a bananas or even Jordan at this point starting to like, I mean, he debuted on what season 24. So you know, a while ago now uh, is also like, eh, you know, I'm maybe I've just finally hit the point, which would be natural, no matter how entertaining, how good you are at something, be like, yeah, I'm just maybe I've had, uh, maybe I need more new than I do of this crop. And uh, again, it just all comes back to then casting and like, get us that new crop or those ones that do hit, actually find ways to bring them back versus just losing them after a season or two. But I digress. The game itself was cool. It is also, though, a third thing that stood out. It was kind of an example of we're on the 46th season. We've kind of done it all. New things are only going to be so cool. Like, this was a fun, inventive thing, but it's just so incredibly hard to come up with, like, the coolest, best elimination when almost all of them have to be brand new every season, and we've done 46 seasons of this at this point, counting all-stars in the four spinoffs, and now this would be season 46. Of course, we don't count the seasons that are champs for stars and whatever because those weren't real and those didn't actually happen and they, they don't count. So 
it's really hard. So I give them credit every time they come up with something where I'm like, that was cool. And like, that was brand new and it was cool and it was interesting. And it works out to come down to, you know, the smallest, smallest little detail costing one team in this one. But it leaves me being like, could we just play the hits a little bit more? I've always thought all-stars should be like that, that it should exclusively be things that have been done before. And I thought during USA and throughout these, you know, these different countries shows that that should have been the way that it was. And I definitely think this first world championship should also be like that to kind of be like, if this is the first world championship of this thing that's been around for so long, let's play the hits. Let's only do the best. So like every season at this point, I'm like, just have not so fast, have balls in, have pole wrestle, have a reverse tug of war, have some sort of collecting the pieces and doing a Tangram puzzle, have those five, throw in the hall brawl if you're willing to still do it or a variation of it like the one on Rider Dies that was like a little bit safer. And then pick whatever ones are best received of the new-ish ones from the last three or four seasons. Be like, whichever ones went out went the best, let's just throw in a few of those. And now we're up to eight, nine, ten, however many we need. And boom, we're good to go. So play the favorites as much as I give them, you know, I give them all the respect in the world for continuing to come up with new interesting things. If you get one, be like, you know what? Let's do that the next four seasons in a row because it worked really well. It was fun. People seem to like it. Just play the hits. Jordan and Kaz get the win. I think this was the better outcome for the show. It comes down to just the little, the smiley face versus frowny face on the Argentinian flag, which they do a great job. Shout out to the camera guy who catches Jordan at the top. Like, go. He's lining it up, and then he looks at it one more time and realizes, like, nah, this ain't right. Pulls it out and throws it over the side, and I, as a viewer, was like, what the fuck did he just do? Like, that's the, yeah, that's where that one goes. Did he just make this mistake that's going to cost them the game? And no, he made them, he made the correction that won them the game. So shout out to the camera guy who caught that perfectly. And shout out to Jordan Kaz for attention to detail, winning. And, you know, it's a tough, bananas has got to be getting pretty upset at these, these like physical puzzles having to do them. First, the final of Ryder dies completely costing them, you know, the win with the bricks, one brick in the wrong spot. Now they're suddenly like the game's just over. And in this one, the game wasn't quite over. If they could have noticed it, found it very interesting that the entire crowd that it seemed like all the ones who were on against bananas noticed right away, whispered to themselves and no one said anything. I like that. He noticed that afterwards and like call that like, wait, you guys knew the whole time. No one wanted to say anything. Okay. See how it is. But also like the couple, you know, the couple other people that maybe in other situation would help him out. It was Jordan on the other side. So it was his Alliance. So like if Tori sees it, she would have called it out. If there was anyone but Jordan down there, but not going to happen. If Casey saw it, Maybe going to call it out, but not if Jordan's down there. So very interesting that Jordan Kaz get the win. I think it's the best outcome for the show because I think it could cause true disarray of the alliances. I think if Jordan Kaz go, then the USA squad might be able to like come back together a little more firmly. And maybe, maybe I think either way, things are probably in disarray, but even more so with Jordan and Kaz, um, the four teams that voted together, could end up staying together now after this. That could be what happens. The four that caused the possible stalemate could stick together. Or I, if I'm trying to, I mean, as we're going to get to the predictions in a moment, I've been horrible at them, but I did the one that was a non-prediction in the storyline last week say, you know, those five would get the band together. And they did kind of for a brief moment in this episode. So if I try to do that again, could Jordan and Kaz grab Tristan and Kellyanne, Theo and Sarah, Danny and Tori, 
and have a really strong four with real ties across the board where Kaz and Tristan are like UK aligned where Theo is like, I'm also with them. Plus Sarah, you're with me now. And Sarah and Danny, you get to be together and Tori and Jordan, you get to be together. And the only one in that group that might be on the outs with that is Kellyanne. But then they're like, yo, we could use a fifth team. And if you want to rope in Jody and Ben hot, like by all means, we can then be five. We have five out of the nine teams. Boom. It's over in here. Maybe that happens. Maybe they get Jody and Ben Hunt, Darrell Kiki to tag along. Suddenly, Emily, yes, Troy, Amber, Ben Casey are out to dry. Possibly doesn't work. I don't know. But one way or the other, there's no clear-cut lines anymore. There seems like there's going to probably be chaos. And speaking of chaos, we finally come to the very end of the episode, which leaves us with maybe the biggest topic of all to talk about, which is what the fuck is about to happen next week. I know that this podcast is going to be longer than it should be, and I know what we're about to talk about is spoiler-ish. I don't know anything that happens next week. I just watched the next week on and picked up on all the clues that were laid throughout this episode. So if you did not pick up on those clues and you did not watch the next week on and you would prefer to just stay like totally spoiler-free, and again, not really spoilers, just only talking about things we see and then predictions off of that from the next week on, Go ahead, use the timestamps, go straight to the awards segment. Do that now because I'm going to I'm going to talk about the next week on and what possibly it seems like is about to happen next week, which is everyone's fucking sick. We get, you know, an episode or two ago, we had Amber mention that she was not feeling well and we freaked out. We're like, dude, she gets pregnant sometime around here. Like, did she get pregnant immediately? Like, did her and Chauncey did that happen immediately before she left to film this show, or did it happen immediately upon arrival back? Is this where, you know, we're going to have to have someone leave the game because they're pregnant again? And now it seems like, thankfully, in a perverted way, excuse me, perverted way, that might not be the case because it seems like a lot of people in the house are getting really, really sick. And we hear the episode literally ends. Well, midway through the episode, we have Ben mention that he's not feeling so great. And it was one I actually wrote down in my notes. I was like, they meant Ben says he's like sick, but is he saying he's sick or is he saying like he's like uncomfortable because of all the friends he's pissed off or like he's just not comfortable in the game anymore? What? I couldn't exactly didn't know what that comment was. And then we end the episode. Final comment of the episode. Final image of the episode until the next week on is Tristan saying. He's really sick, and he's trying as hard as he can to completely hide it from everyone because he doesn't want to get removed from the game. Then it leads into the next week on where they show Ben possibly going to the hospital in an ambulance. They show Amber being really sick, and they show Tristan being really, really, really sick. All three of them look like there's no chance um, that they're continuing in this game. And that maybe it's not even just them. If they all three have gotten some horrible illness stands to reason a lot of others in the house could possibly get sick too. this could spread through the entire house so what the fuck do they do if that happens like if amber ben and tristan are super sick and they have to leave the game would they allow a full medical elimination of three teams at once at this stage of the game how many people would they have to have get the same horrible illness to stop production completely obviously we've lived through covid now and we've lived through the seasons of the challenge with covid restrictions in place this is clearly not covid that they have or things would have shut down but it stands to reason it makes you at least think like you know they've 
they've done that now. They kind of have the script for like, ah, oh, shit, a bunch of people got tested positive at the same time. We could shut things down for 10 days and then try to restart with whoever's better by then. Um, so they at least have like the operational script to if they had to try to pull that off. But what the hell happens? And where I my mind jumps to, and this is just me predicting slash uh, hoping that this would be how they would handle it, if it really is, we go in the next episode and we find out like Amber, Ben and Tristan are both so sick that like, there's no continuing this game for them. Like they're down for the count. They've got to be removed. Well, then just go to a solo game. Is that what they possibly do? And if they did, I would say, here's how it would work. If they were just like, Hey, look, these three got to go. Normally if it was just one, we'd send their partner home. This game was supposed to be played in pairs, but like if we send home three pairs right now, this like, it's a catastrophe. It's horrible, 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 horrible. So they could be like, it's, we're just going to switch. It's a solo game. Now first round is a women's elimination round to match the numbers back up. Cause you'd have sent two guys home and one woman home. And then you'd have nine. Uh, we do the first round it'd be down to nine women, nine men left. Um, well, excuse me right now. We're currently at nine of each left. Those three, if they left, we'd be at seven men, eight women. So then in episodes eight, nine, 10, and 11, you eliminate a woman's round, a men's round, a woman's round, and then a male and female double round. And we'd have five left each going into a 12th episode finale. You'd be able to get back right to the numbers. I assume that they were trying to go for all along because right now we have nine teams left. If they continued on the pairs route, we would eliminate one, two, three, four more teams head into episode 12 with five teams or, you know, 10 individuals. So they could switch to solo. They could switch to an individual game and they could get there because if six people go home next week, it's a catastrophe for the show. It's absolutely horrendous. It, I mean, I don't know what the hell they would do. So I feel like if, if this is true, these three are so sick, they have to be eliminated or maybe it's just Ben or maybe it's just Amber or just Tristan or whatever. Um, I don't know, but it feels like they're going to have to be forced to go into a solo game. So I am hopeful they are nimble enough to pull off that massive change in the immediate, figure out how to switch to a solo game. And if that does happen, Jordan, Theo, Casey, Tori count their lucky stars. Cause that gives them a massive boost. If it becomes a true individual game to the awards now for best quote, quote, uh, not a quote light episode again, but a couple moments that did stand out fun, little jabs that stood out the first one, a back and forth between Theo and Jody Theo as they're standing. Uh, I forget where are they? Yeah. They're standing, you know, locked during the daily challenge while their partners are doing the actual challenge. And Theo says, quote, it's probably cause you don't believe in your partner, which Jody responds with quote, do you need me to kick you in the nuts? Because I can probably reach around, which I just found very, very funny and very, very good. Similarly, during the pre daily challenge team interviews, Danny to Tori quote, or I could just leave you locked up there forever. End quote, which man, those two as a partner is just been absolute gold, absolutely entertaining every step of the way. And I'm really enjoying it. And it's going to continue because if Jordan would have went home, we could have maybe got some symbiosis between those two for the first time, which is something I would like to see. I think they would be the best team in the house if they could get fully aligned and fully invested in each other. But Jordan remains. So that tension will still remain there as for the best moment of the episode, which by the way, Jody wins the best quote award as for the best moment Four nominees bananas hiding in the closet without Tori knowing. And then, you know, chiming in at the end of the conversation, I found that to be 
very funny. Second one, Ben and Danny, the entrance to the tunnel together. I know it didn't end up in fireworks or anything, but it still gave you that moment of like, oh my God, this is hilarious. These two have to do this together. Third nominee, Kellyanne scheming the moment Tori leaves the room. The moment she leaves the room, just turning to Casey and be like, nah, we ain't doing that. Uh, loved that and then loved the whole process that went down. And then fourth and final one, the end of the elimination. We just glossed over before, but yes, it comes down to the very, very end. That small little detail. You think for a moment Bananas and Justine have won. They have not. Jordan and Kaz pull it out. So very climactic ending. We'll give that the best moment of the week. And then as far as the episode MVP, fifth place, Theo and Kaz tie. Could have moved up further if we would have got to see more of the couple conversations that those two have. Fourth place, Danny. Third place, Jordan. Second place, Bananas. First place, Kelly and bringing it home. I don't know what number, uh, I think that's either three or even four episode MVPs out of seven episodes running away with the season long award thus far. We will see if she can go wire to wire and pull that off, but she was absolutely bringing it this episode as she has been all season long. And finally, to our power rankings and predictions. On the power ranking side, our top team is taken down. The moment we put Justine and Bananas in first is the moment that they leave the game. So things are shaking up. I've got Sarah and Theo in first now, moving from second to first. I've got Emily and Yes going all the way back up to the top. They were my sneaky dark horse all along. I just love the dynamic of that team. I love the balance of that team. They're in second. Kaz and Jordan in third. Tori and Danny in fourth. And I would say this is where there's almost two tiers. If they actually stayed in pairs the entire rest of the season, I would say those four teams, Sarah, Theo, Emily, yes, Kaz, Jordan, Tori, and Danny would be kind of in tier one for me. I would think the contenders, the favorites to win this. And then I'd put Kiki Durrell, Jody Benha, Kelly and Tristan, Casey, Ben, Amber, and Troy in some other order with probably Casey and Ben, Amber, and Troy near the bottom as far as who's going to end up in that elimination a couple times. But... I don't think we're going to stay pairs. I do think, and I guess, you know, I told you to skip earlier, and now I'm going to bring it up again. So at this point, thanks for listening. You might as well just go if you didn't watch the next week on and have no idea what possibly could happen in the next episode. But just for shits and giggles, if this were to become an individual game and certain people went home because they got too sick, here's how I would have the individual breakdowns on the women's side i'd put casey first emily second tori third sarah fourth kellyanne fifth kiki six kaz seven jody eight on the men's side i'd go jordan one theo two troy three danny four Darrell five yes six benha seven so that's how it'd break down if it were to go to an individual game which again i think it's going to as for predictions well i'm just gonna I've, i got all three wrong again for the third week in a row i got all three wrong i'm gonna i'm gonna just not go with three Instead, I'm going to go with one elongated multi-part prediction, which could be looked at as a two or three predictions in and of itself, but I'm just going to stick with what I've already said. I believe that those three are going to get so sick, they're removed from the game, and that the only way to move forward for the game is going to be then, it's got to be solo, end of teams, alternate to uh, to individuals, and I don't know if we'll even see a daily challenge in elimination next episode or not. But one way or the other, I think those three go home and we turn to an individual game. So that's the lone prediction for next week. Maybe we'll go for one for one or we'll continue this winless streak as far as predictions are considered. Thank you so much for being here. I know this was a little bit of a longer one, but, you know, talking about this episode and possibly what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, legendary matchup, amazing political game. There was a lot to cover. So thank you for being here covering it with me. As always, we'll be back next week for World Championship episode number eight. 
on Saturday, we will get the last two episodes of Survivor covered over on Most Likely to Podcast with Paige. So check those out. Follow and subscribe to this channel, to that channel, to all of the good reality content channels out there. There's lots of people putting out high-quality content on the reality, on the challenge, on everything in between. So follow it all. Like, subscribe. Hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian if you want to chat. Challenge. Until we talk next week, peace.